Welcome, or welcome back, to the Violence Design Lab podcast. Today on episode 26, I'm going to be starting a series on training actors to do stage combat. Going to be looking at several aspects of this area over the next few weeks. But before I talk about how to train actors, there's another question that comes up first. Should we train actors? In other words, should all actors train in stage combat? I think the answer might surprise you. Out swords and to work with all. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab podcast, putting the science in theatrical violence. Now here's your host, David Bearford. Greetings, David here. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just joining the podcast, I'm a theatrical violence design coach that's here to encourage you to enter the world of stage combat, to coach you towards choreographing better fights, and to train you to tackle the challenges of theatrical violence design. I've been staging fights and violence for professional theater since 1992, and I want to use those 25 years of experience to give back to our fascinating craft and to train the next generation to make it even better. So whether you're just starting out or if you're looking for tips on how to improve your career, career and sharpen your design schools, I hope you'll stay around and give me a listen. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcaster. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm going to be starting a series on several aspects of training actors in stage combat. But that does bring up the question, should all actors train in stage combat? Now, it seems like an obvious yes. After all, I'm doing a series on it, right? And, and I've spent most of my career training actors to do stage combat, so it seems like this would be a no-brainer. But it's not that simple. You see, violence designers deal with violence in plays, which is obvious, but we only deal with plays that have violence in it, so we forget that many plays, in fact, the overwhelming majority of them, don't have any violence at all. I mean, that's right. Entire dramatic stories can be told without shooting, stabbing, or even shoving someone. And there can even be comedy that doesn't involve pratfalls and falling downstairs. I know, right? They're much the poorer for it. But... As a result of us only working on shows that have violence or physical uh, pratfalls and stunts that would require our attention to maintain safety, as a result, our perception of the ubiquity or the predominance of violence in the grand scheme of theater can get a little skewed. So today, I want to look at the question of training as objectively as it is possible for me to do so, and see whether it's worth the time and money for all actors to train in stage combat. The first thing we have to acknowledge is that our student base, our actors that would be possibly taking our classes, they have two very finite resources. The first is money. The American Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that the average wage for an actor is $18.70 an hour, and that there are about 69,000 jobs in America per year. But that's an average, and that factors in those high-end salaries that Hollywood loves to brag about. Most of the acting in this country isn't paid hourly, frankly, because calculating it that way would make it far less than minimum wage, down in some cases to a couple of dollars an hour. And of course, there is a vast amount of American theater, certainly, and likely around the world, that isn't paid at all. It is simply volunteer or a labor of love. So 
our constituency don't have a lot of disposable income sometimes to throw around. You'll see courses that are uh, taught for business people, especially marketers online. And they say, hey, come take this webinar and we'll pay 900 and some dollars for that class. Well, just try to do an acting class and charge $1,000 for it and see how many people will sign up. I mean, if you're in college, sure, you'll be paying the tuition and getting student loans and hopefully some scholarships. But if you're out in the, quote, real world, the number of students you would get that would take a $1,000 acting class are very few and far between. You'd basically be empty. So actors have a very tight budget that they are normally working with. The second finite resource they have is time. Because most actors don't earn a living wage from acting pursuits alone, many are obliged to have an additional job if they can. Uh, Some of those are full-time, others are a collection of part-time jobs, but each of those activities limits the amount of time that performer can spend training to do their craft. Of course, assuming they are at least moderately successful in their art, They're going to be in some shows, and that further limits the time they have available to train. Some shows will rehearse four to five nights a week, plus a full-time job, and you see how quickly the week of an actor gets eaten up. So the extracurricular things they have to do to spend time and to spend their money on are very carefully selected. Stage combat obviously places a demand on both of those limited resources, and so actors have to spend them wisely. So, to in my estimation, there are a few actors who honestly shouldn't train in stage combat. That's right. Part of these people are at the start of their career. Actors who are just beginning their career at whatever age, I'm not focusing on young actors or teen actors, people who are just getting into the craft, need to prioritize training in, well, acting. It's not that stage combat training is bad or detrimental, obviously, but it is definitely less important than acting and probably less important than vocal or singing training or even dance. Because not every show, or even most of them, has stage combat, and not every role in shows that do have violence will make every actor be directly involved in it. But... Every role that an actor lands requires acting skill. doesn't matter whether it is a musical or a fight show or a one-act or a commercial. Whatever it is, everything is requiring their acting skill. So their time and dollars need to be prioritized there first. The second group of people who might not need to train in stage combat are actors who are heavily working, especially actors that acting or the arts is their sole income. If your acting career is taking off and you're getting all the work you need or the amount, all the work that your your schedule can handle and those roles never require stage combat or do only once every couple of years or so, honestly, it's probably not worth your while. You've clearly found your niche and things are working for you. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Again, I always love to have working actors in my stage combat classes, but if you are supporting yourself through your work in the arts, you're doing something right. 
if stage combat hasn't come up for you in those roles, for whatever reason you're selecting or being selected for roles that don't have violence, then probably stage combat is a skill that is way down your priority list. Another group that should think long and hard before beginning stage combat training are those with physical concerns. If your body or your health issues make vigorous physical movement painful or risky, consider that before you train. I mean, perhaps you're older with increasing physical ailments or have chronic pain from old injuries, especially back pain or pain in joints like your knees. It might not be worth it. You only have the one body, and you need to keep it working as long as possible. So, while stage combat is designed to keep you safe and to keep you injury-free, if your body already has a history of injuries, you will probably want to select away from roles that involve stage combat, and therefore you don't need to take stage combat training. Now, I've always have just given you the devil's advocate reasons for why actors shouldn't take stage combat. This is a very weird position for me, but I have to face up to the realities that not every actor out there needs stage combat. But that said, I want to talk about why actors should train in stage combat, because I think there's a lot of benefits that go beyond the obvious. First of all, let's state the obvious. It improves your fight performance. Knowing technique in advance makes it easier for you to focus on the acting work that the violence needs to do. You see, when we are moving quickly and precisely, like is required for any kind of fight performance or violent moment in a show, there's a lot going on that our brains have to process. One of the basic things is getting the physicality right to create the right illusion, to maintain safety for the performers, and to tell the right story. If you have practiced a technique to where creating the illusion is habitual and the safety mechanisms are nearly automatic, that frees up a lot of brain power that you can then focus on telling the story of the fight. Also, the violence designer can take a trained actor and design more complex choreography if uh, he or she desires. Because if you have an untrained actor, I have to spend a lot of the rehearsal time simply teaching technique, and there's no guarantee that the performer will get that technique up to a good performance level if it's very complex. If you've trained beforehand somewhere else, you've spent that time, you've invested that time to learn Uh, some standardized techniques that we can then use and build on and create an awesome fight. Another reason to study stage combat is it keeps your body active and uh, tuned, you might say. The more you work with your instrument, your body, the more control you develop. As I have said in other episodes, moving quickly and precisely is a skill, and it takes time to develop that skill, and it's a skill that you can lose through disuse. But it comes in very useful for stage combat, of course, dance, sports, and other activities. The more you use your body and exercise your flexibility and your perception and spatial awareness, the sort of kinesthetic awareness of where your body is and how it's moving, that will help you in just about every aspect of the physical side of your acting. Stage combat also makes you more marketable. 
but I have a big caveat here. It only makes you more marketable if you're actually skilled. That one workshop you took eight years ago doesn't do much for you except pad your resume. Yes, you can put it down, but I promise you, whether it's in the fight callback where I'm giving some choreography and watching how you move, or when we start doing rehearsals and I've got you as my Tybalt, I will quickly realize, ah, yes, your resume's put down rapier as a special skill, but you don't really have any kind of facility with the weapon. So stage combat does make you marketable, and it will open up a realm of possibilities for you, but keep in mind it's important to be pretty frank with your resume. You can say some stage combat or list the date of the workshop and the length of the workshop, but if you just put down stage combat... Honestly, that means very little to the violence designer unless you can put up the skills to match what you're claiming on the resume. So if you decide that you should do stage combat, you're not one of those actors that has a a good reason why they shouldn't train, how do you do it? Well, first of all, as I just mentioned, it's no good to train once or twice and then stop. The Society of American Fight Directors, uh, the way they set up their recognition, their training system for actor combatants, uh, is that they'll give a limited time recognition certificate. Basically, they'll say, for the next three years or uh, one year, we will say, for that length of time, we endorse you as a fight performer. You've had training. Now, I have some problems with the way the society uh, trains their curriculum and some other things, but this is something they get right. They understand that, first of all, you, you can't just train one time. You can't take a class and then expect that to last you your whole life if you never use it again. They expect you to renew by taking another class and reminding yourself of these skills. Also, they're Uh, Their skills proficiency test has some requirements. You have to demonstrate proficiency in a raft of standard techniques. This is also good because it it means you can't just take a two-hour class and expect to put down stage combat on your resume. So those are the things they get right. You have to train extensively enough that you acquire a skill that you can bring up to performance speed. You have to continue training until you can perform fights at full performance speed and can pick up new choreography readily. Then after that, you have to continue occasional training to keep those skills up. So what do you start with? Well, I always recommend that actors start with unarmed stage combat. In other words, some kind of brawling or fist fighting Something that involves no external weapons other than those the body is naturally provided with. Many shows will not have anything but unarmed. They'll have a punch or a slap or uh, two characters uh, wrestling or tussling on the ground. Many will have weapons, but even those will include unarmed struggles as well. There will still be punches or kicks and what have you. 
Unarmed is perhaps the most ubiquitous uh, form of fighting and violence that we see on stage. It's great to know. It teaches you to work with a partner. It is easier to understand. There's not a lot of arcane or uh, you know foreign words uh, for terminology in these things. And you're just trying to work with your body. Start there. Because also, that leads into the next way to train, which is to focus on principles. There are thousands, if not tens of thousands, of different fighting techniques in the world. There's a crazy amount, and one performer cannot hope to even be familiar with all of them, much less master them. So, you have to focus on principles. That's one of the, the great things that uh, Todd Campbell was mentioning about Fight Directors Canada. When they teach, they are focusing on the principles of why stage combat illusion works, what creates the safety, what things, what uh, tell the story of the fight. And once you understand those things, then you begin to be able to extrapolate from general principles to specific techniques. Every show that you will do as an actor will have a different set, different costumes, different other performers. It's going to change superficially all the time, but the fundamental principles should be the same. So if you focus on those, you can quickly learn to tweak those those principles and the superficial trappings, if you will, of the technique to maintain safety, tell the right story, give the right illusion, and yet adapt the choreography to the specifics of that show. Once you have unarmed down to a level where you have those basic techniques, in other words, you know the principles of non-contact hits, contact hits, uh, illusions of struggle, illusions of swing and a miss, and some of these broad categories, then you should be able to bring some fights up to speed with emotion and intensity. Once you're there with unarmed, then I suggest you add a weapon skill, probably swords. I mention swords because a lot of Shakespeare is done that includes swords. There are, um, most of our period pieces will involve some kind of swords. They're just out there. Now, whether you pick longsword or rapier or smallsword, again, there's a million kind of swords out there. Do you do, you know, British naval cutlass or, you know, uh, tulwars or scimitars? There's a million sword styles. I would suggest finding the kind of sword or bladed weapon that is most common in the theater that you're working with. If you're working in Japanese theater, you might want to do some katana or some some kenjutsu uh, kind of work so that you understand that weapon. If you're in uh, doing historical European things, maybe longsword, maybe rapier. But again, learn the techniques, but keep coming back to the principles that make sword fighting both martially sound, in other words, so it makes sense logically as the weapon would be used in real life, and then also... Uh, the, the the principles that keep that martially sound tactics from hurting anyone, keeping this, maintaining the safety, keeping the illusion. Again, keep training until you can perform fights in that style at full speed. Will you always be using that weapon? No, of course not. But those principles and the ability to use a weapon in a stage combat fight will somewhat translate to any weapon you pick up. 
I would also suggest adding some gun familiarity, whether that's uh, a rifle or shotgun, long arm kind of thing, or pistols. Now, you can do this with either a stage combat course for to learn specifically about blank firing guns, or in many places you can get familiarity with actual firearms at a range or at, at a course. That will help you become comfortable or at least familiar with how guns work. I, I know out in uh, Norway they do some great work. Uh, Hugh Reynolds out there does some great work with SWAT uh, training, literally training actors how to uh, enter and secure a room, kick in doors, and they have just an incredible armory of automatic weapons and and pistols and machine pistols and RPG and all these these crazy weapons that you see in the movies that they are training actors how to use uh, the replicas thereof and look like they know what they're doing. It's amazing. If you get that chance, please do. It'd be great. And this brings me to the last thing about stage combat, why I think you should train for it. It's really fun. It's a great way to get some exercise, interact with audiences, and have fun. And to get a little personal about stage combat, let me tell you what it did for me. Uh, It became a career. I started out as an actor. My bachelor's degree is in theater, and I plan to become a professional actor. And I did some of that. And then I moved to Chicago. And now I'm, I'm an okay actor, but it turns out Chicago has about a million okay actors and like 10,000 really amazing ones. So I would get cast and I would be doing my part in the show and certainly not embarrassing myself or my, my fellow cast members, but I would look over at the, some of the other actors and see that the acting they were doing, and be like, wow, okay, see, uh, that's amazing, I can't do that. But, at that same time, because I did have a background in stage combat, and had choreographed a few shows, even though that wasn't my focus, I got a couple of jobs doing some violence design, and discovered that things that seemed fairly obvious to me, based on training, uh, on, on how characters would fight, was impressive to directors and other actors. I'm like, wow, that's really good. And so I began to segue that way and found really found my niche. Uh, stage combat translated into a, a great career for me. It's allowed me to tell the dramatic stories I love telling. One of the cool things about it is violence design lets me take a script and tell a story that I write. Yes, I, of course, I follow what's in the script, But the choreography isn't set. Unlike lines, which have to be said verbatim as the playwright wrote them, I have to follow the the general plot things, but the characters, we can work together with the actors and the director and the production and come up with something new. And that is incredibly artistically satisfying for me. So I do have to put a warning out there that stage combat can change your career. And I know a lot of actors who started out saying, you know what, I'm doing Shakespeare, so I need to learn how to sword fight. So they took a class. Hmm. And then they they took another class. And then they got cast in a show that actually had some fighting. And then, hmm, they did some... And pretty soon, half of their time or more is dedicated to stage combat. So do be careful. It can be addictive. 
So really, I do hope you go out and train in stage combat if you haven't already. It's a great form of the art, and I think it really opens up great performance opportunities as an actor and artistic opportunities as a violence designer. Hey, if you've found this podcast useful, please let others know about it. Share it on Facebook, and then head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. And if you would, leave a review on the podcast page, because I'd really appreciate it. That helps other people find me, because it, it moves us up the rankings. Also, we have a Patreon page where you can support the show in a tangible way. Go to patreon.com forward slash violence design lab and pledge a few dollars a month to keep the show going that is amazing help to me because it defrays the cost of the web host and the uh the the podcast file episode storage and the marketing so thanks in advance for your support until next week keep the fights on stage and peace in your life david out thanks for listening to the violence design lab podcast For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com.